Thank you. Praise God. Everybody doing all right? You guys got your Bibles, right? All right, so let's stand up with our Bibles. And we're going to go to John 3 and 1. Yeah, I think it's all good. 66, including Philemon. John 3 and 1, and we'll go down to verse 5. Um, oh, hold on. I'll wait. You guys are good. Go ahead. I got all the time in the world. Amen. All right, we're good. All right, John 3 and 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God. For no man can do these miracles except that you do, except God be with him. And Jesus said, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see, say see, perceive. He cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter again into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. Say, cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to speak from this subject. I can only give it because Jesus gave it to me. I can only give it because Jesus gave it to me. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. Lord, we love your word. God, I'm asking right now that you would open our ears, Lord, that you would open our eyes, God. Cause us to see, cause us to perceive, Lord Jesus. God, right now, take away the nervousness and just flow, Lord Jesus. Let my words be according to your will, Lord. And have your way in this place, God. I bind anything that is not of you, Lord, and we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys may be seated. I can only give it because Jesus gave it to me. So the scripture we just read, John 3 and 5, it says, There was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler. Verse 2, it says that this man came to Jesus by night. Now, this is important because if you knew during this time, the Pharisees were the biggest resistance against Jesus in his ministry. So this man actually had to come to Jesus by night. And he had a conversation with Jesus. And he said to him, I know that you, that you come from God. And it was like Jesus just completely didn't acknowledge what he said. And he talked about another subject. And he says, listen. Don't worry about me and my place. The real thing that you need to do is you need to be born again. You need to be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
And, and then he, in verse 5, he, he goes on to explain it a little bit deeper. He says, and except you're born again of the water and of the spirit, you cannot see or you cannot enter the kingdom. Now, this, this kind of has a dual meaning, right? Whenever I always heard it preached, I would always think that um, heaven far off. But the Bible says that the kingdom of God, Jesus, when Jesus began to preach, he said the kingdom of God is nigh. So what's happening in the earth is God's kingdom, which is God's rule and authority, is happening right now as we speak. If you've ever been healed, if you've ever been touched, if you've received the Holy Ghost, that is a sign of the kingdom reign of Jesus Christ in the earth. But what Jesus says is, you can't see that, though, if you haven't been born again. You, 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 you can't perceive it. You can't understand it. And you can't enter into it. And that's why we spin our wheels with people some of the times. And we argue with people who don't understand spiritual things. When the truth of the matter is what they need to do is they need to be born again. So what does that mean? To be born again of the water and of the spirit. To be born again of the water, it means baptism. And I was thinking about this, so the Lord kind of dropped this in my mind. And um, what Jesus did, or what the apostles did in the book of Acts, is they pretty much interpreted what Jesus said, and they, and they manifested it, the real kind of manifestation. Because in Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, go into the world, preach, baptize them in the name, singular, of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So in Acts 2.38, Acts 10, Acts 19, and there's another place, I think it's Acts 8, they all baptized in the name of Jesus. So if they, if, if Jesus said that i mean if they baptize in the wrong way then the scripture is the scripture is wrong but what they did is they took matthew 28 and 19 and they went and they did what jesus said because jesus is the name of the father jesus is the son and jesus is the holy ghost amen all right so this scripture right here is access into the things of god and this scripture also gets us forgiveness with God. Amen. How many people know when you're baptized? The, the point of baptism is so that your past can be washed away. What Jesus is looking to do is Jesus is looking to forgive people. He's not looking to beat people up. He's not looking to hold anything against anybody. He's looking to have restoration between you and him. So if we could get to a place where we receive that, we receive this word to be born again, there will then be restoration between me and God. Amen? Let's go to another scripture to talk about what baptism does. 1 Peter 3 and 21. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's that's the doorway. That's the doorway. Hold on. We can we can brother Ron, we'll 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 get to that, okay? Okay. 
All right. First Peter three and 21. Now, what Peter is doing is Peter is actually talking about how in verse 20, he's talking about how Noah, how Noah, um, how the, the ark, how Noah um, and, and, the, and his family got. I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. <laughs> how Noah and his family got on the boat. In 21, it says, the like figure whereunto even baptism, which now saves us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the, res by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what he's saying in the scripture is that baptism just doesn't give you, it's not just a bath. What he's saying is, is now that you now once you're baptized, because when you're baptized and your past is washed away, you now have a good conscience towards God. Is anybody in here guilty of a, does anybody in here have a, have a, have a, a guilty conscience? Anybody ever have a guilty conscience? Yeah. So the reason you have a guilty conscience, see, I was a, I was a bad kid. I used to get in trouble a lot. So if anybody yelled at me, it didn't even matter what they were yelling for. I would just automatically think I was in trouble. So I believe that we come to the Lord that same way. So many people avoid Jesus and the things of God because their conscience is eating them up. Because when we think about the Lord, right, the first thing that comes to mind is what you're not doing, right? where you're not at and that conscience begins to eat you up so what the lord is saying and what peter is saying in this scripture is that because of baptism because your sins have been washed away because you have been purged you now can have a good conscience towards god you now can stand in the presence of god and not feel guilty and that is such a wonderful thing that is such a wonderful thing. It's kind of like when you owe somebody owes you money and they come around. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You try to avoid that person. Or you cut somebody off in traffic. It's a lot of things, amen? But we now, because of baptism, because God has made a way, we can now have a good conscience towards God. We can now be guilt-free. And that's so powerful. That is so powerful. Let's go back to John. I'm sorry. Let's go back to John. So because it washes away your past and because it, it, it completely cleanses you, what it actually does is it actually erases, like I was saying, it erases your past, right? So in the eyes of God, you are clean. God doesn't remember what you did 10 years ago. God doesn't remember what you did three days ago as long as you repent and you've been baptized, right? So the Bible even says that you become a new babe in Christ. So I'm not going to elaborate on this anymore, but the whole point of the born again, like the root of the born again experience is so that you can receive forgiveness, that your past can be washed away, and all of this happens when you repent and when you turn away, when you ask the Lord for forgiveness. Now, the Lord's been dealing with me heavy about this, about this subject, what I'm about to talk about. So there's a lie that is spoken a lot. Or I, there's, there's something we say. I'll say this. There's something we say a lot that's wrong. 
And it's, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Because you can forgive, but you can't forget. Because what happens is, is when you think about that thing that that person has done, or when that person comes to your mind, the thing that is in your spirit that they did wrong resurrects into your mind. Amen? So what God is calling us to do today is to have the same kind of forgiveness and the same kind of forgetfulness for others that he had for us. Amen? And I've been and, I, and, and, I, and the Lord has been dealing with me heavy about this because what we do, right, is people do us wrong. Right. And yeah, I forgive you. But have you ever said to that person or have you ever viewed that person as no longer having a past with you? Have you when they when their name comes to mind because you've forgiven them, do you kind of see them as a new babe? Do you kind of not hold or not remember what they did? If not, there's a problem. There is an absolute problem because what we need to do is we need to release divine forgiveness. And the only reason I can give it is because Jesus gave it to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only reason I can give it is because Jesus gave it to me. Now, the question is, and this is stuff that the, me, me and the Lord have been talking about. The question is, is where does this begin? And that's the question I asked the Lord. Okay, God, you want me to release this divine forgiveness. You want me to be able to forget the things that were done to me, that were, that were wrong, that were done to me, and the people that done it and just forget it. Okay, Lord, what's the starting point? And the Lord spoke to me, and I believe it's a word for everybody. Husbands and wives. Because what happens is, is in a marriage, is things are done. And you, and yeah, you forgive your husband, you forgive your wife. But in the back of your mind, you're really keeping score. And the Bible says love doesn't keep score, right? So what happens is, is in a marriage, is that Instead of loving somebody or husbands, instead of loving your wives and wives, instead of respecting your husbands because of these this bitterness and these anger and this unforgetfulness that's in your spirit, you're not able to fulfill the scripture. Let's go to another. Let's go to another scripture. First Peter three and seven. And this is for the husbands. It says, ye, like, ye husbands, or likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, the wife, according to knowledge. Give honor unto the wife. You can't give honor to the wife if there's bitterness in your spirit. As the weaker vessel, women, don't take that personal, just study it. As being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. It is possible that because you have forgiven, but you haven't forgotten, that your prayer life is hindered. I want you to think about that. Why can't I pray? Why can't I get a breakthrough? Well, how are you treating your wife? What's going on between you and your wife? Have you really forgiven her? Have you really released that godly forgiveness and that godly forgetfulness? Amen. 
Because I'm telling you, I know it because I lived it. It's in the back of your mind and it messes with you. And you want to reach out and you want to love and you want to give and you want to buy flowers. But last week she made you mad. So I can't do that. Amen. I can't do that. I got to one up her. And what this does is this causes disunity between the families and the same thing and, and, and the same thing with the wives is the wife, the wife, the woman, she can keep score too. Amen, well, ladies? All right, all right, okay, all right. Some liars up in here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So there's this, there's this, there's this scorekeeping. There's this unforgiveness that flows from us. And the thing that the Lord, and I talked to Pastor Jesus about this this week, the, re, the, the thing that messes with us the most, right, is that when you're upset, you feel like somebody needs to, to earn your forgiveness. Somebody needs to earn what you've done and what you're doing. And, and if you really want those flowers, well, you better earn them. And, and husbands or wives, whatever. But the key to all of this, really, the key to unity in the house, right, is that you don't hold your wife in that place, in that place of forgiveness. What you need to do is you need to look at Jesus and remember what he did for you and remember his goodness and remember his, how precious he is to you and remember how much he forgave you and remember how he bled and he died and he washed you and remember how you were in that dark place. Hallelujah. And he was there. And then bring your wife back into the picture. And now I can forgive. Because I'm not forgiving her according to her, but I'm forgiving her because of him. And this is just the tip of the iceberg because what happens is, is then there's the siblings. The next level is the siblings. And I got sisters and brothers and we fight and we, well, we used to fight. I'm a little older now, a little bit. But we fought, we fought, and we would say nasty things to each other, and this division would happen between us, and this bitterness and this anger, and it's just, just this nastiness. And what happens is, is there's so much division in the family that you guys can't pray together. You guys can't be unified. And this is why so many people walk away, because I'm carrying this in my spirit and it's eating me alive and I, I can't go to my sister and I can't go to my brother, my, my, my real, my blood brothers. I can't go to them just because I didn't like what they did last week and I'm so upset, but I have to, for my sake, for their sake, I have to release this divine forgiveness. And the only reason I can give it is because Jesus gave it to me. Amen. Let's go to, let's go to another scripture. Matthew 18. Matthew 18 and verse 21. It says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother? How oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Okay, Pete, that's your limit. 
Jesus said unto him, I say unto you, not seven times, but until 70 times seven. So 490 times. Now, if you study that out, he's talking about the Babylonian captive and they didn't keep the year of Jubilee. But just imagine that. I, the Lord is looking for us to forgive each other, to get to this place where I've forgotten the things that people have done wrong to me. And I've been, I really have been praying this this week. I'm going to be transparent. Like, I, I don't know. I got this really bad thing. I can't lie. I can't lie to myself, especially. <laughs> too honest some of the times. Too honest some of the times. But, um, like, certain people would come to my mind. And I have literally been praying, like, God caused me to forget what they've done. Just take it out of my mind. Oh, but this person, no, 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 Lord. Just, just, just wash it away. I forgive them. I let it go. Well, your mother did this. Oh, it's okay. It's okay, Lord. It's okay. All right. Verse 23. It says, therefore, I, therefore, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants, which he had begun to reckon as one was brought to him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now this and our money today is around $100,000. So there's a man that owes a man $100,000. It's a lot of money, especially if you ain't got it. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife and his children, and all that he had, and the payment be made. And the servant fell down, and he worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion, loosed him, and forgave him of his debt. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. That is incredible. You owe this. Not only did he, he didn't even say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you time. He said, I am going to set you free from it. You no longer owe. And this is what Jesus does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why the baptism is so important. Because the past has been washed away. Hallelujah. I got baptized when I was 21. So that was 20 years of straight sin, 20 years of straight disrespecting the Lord, 20 years of neglecting the Lord, 20 years of blaspheming. And in just one moment, the Lord said, it's gone. The Lord said, it's gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just believe wholeheartedly. That's what the Lord is looking to do. The Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren, brethren, right? And when you understand what God has done, if you understand how precious Jesus' blood is, how it washes away my sin, how baptism washed away my past, when the accuser of the brethren comes, there's nothing he could really say to me. Because the things that I did when I was 16, the fornication, the drinking, all of those things are gone. Because the one that I have to give account to, he no longer remembers them. And that is so powerful. So the $10,000 debt is gone. Man, Whew, that's powerful. 
But the guy, the guy who got the $10,000 taken away, but the same servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. So today, a hundred pence is ten dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. He went out and he saw somebody that owed him ten dollars. <laughs> and he laid hands on him. And he took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. Wow. <laughs> so this man dealt violently with the person that owed him $10. So the first thing that came to my mind when I was reading the scripture, and this, is, this isn't from the Lord, this is from myself is an extreme spirit of pettiness. Because what I do, and what I believe that the Lord wants us to do, is the Lord wants us to compare his forgiveness and our forgiveness. So if I put $10 up to $10,000, how does that look? Doesn't compare at all, right? And this is how it is with us. Because if we could get a vision of what Jesus did, because it always, always, always comes back to him. If we could get a look at like how much the ten, the $100,000 cost him, the $10 wouldn't be a big deal to us. I would not be grabbing people by the throat and telling them, pay me what you owe me. And if somebody did me wrong, I would not hold on to that pain and just harbor it because you know they owe me they did me wrong and i'm not trying to make light of anybody's pain because i believe that if somebody in here is hurting from what somebody else has done your pain is true your pain is real your feelings are valid it wasn't right i'm not trying to say they're wrong i'm not trying to say you're wrong for the way you feel but what I'm trying to say is that what God is looking for us to do is to mature and get to this place where I'm looking at him and I'm not looking at them. I'm so focused on Jesus. I'm so focused on the blood of Jesus that I just can't help but release that forgiveness to others. So he's operating in this spirit of pettiness. We'll just say that. Right. And this same man acted the same way he acted when to, towards the king that owed him one hundred thousand dollars. It says that this man fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee. But he would not. And he cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. It's a terrible thing. You see what he did? He held on. He held on and he put him in prison. I don't think we understand. And this is another thing that the Lord has been speaking to me about. I don't think we understand how our unforgiveness affects other people. Let's go to a scripture. Let's go to Matthew 16. Let me back up. Matthew 16. Um, excuse me. Matthew 16, verse 13. 
It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say that you're John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am? Who do you, but who do you guys say that I am? You guys are close to me. You are the Christ. Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Peter, in um, verse 17, it says that Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed this from you to you, but my Father which is heaven, which is in heaven. So God gave him divine revelation of the mighty God in Christ. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I will give thee the keys to the kingdom, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, in the Bible, I guess during, the, during this time, binding and loosing was a very common phrase. So what it meant was is uh, um, the priest, or the, they would bring an animal to the priest, and the priest would bind him and say, no, this is not permitted, or they would loose it and say, this is permitted. So what Jesus is saying is like, I am now, because of who, that you are in my church, I am now giving you that authority to do that, to do that thing in earth. So what the Lord spoke to me is because of unforgiveness, we do this to people. We bind people. To what level? I don't know. He didn't, he didn't let me get understanding of that. But what we do is because of the bitterness and the anger and the frustration and the things lying dormant in my spirit, when I think of that person, I bind that person. I hold that person from receiving from God, from whatever capacity that might be. And the people I like, I lose. And the thing about this is that God said, I'm, Jesus said, I'm giving you this authority. So because of where you are in the church, he's going to honor the authority that he's given to us. Let's go to another scripture. Um, John 20, just to kind of back this up. John 20 and 23. Actually, we'll start at verse 19. Is this okay? Is this okay? I'm not... I'm not trying to shout at y'all. I'm just trying to talk to y'all. Baptize your brain. Amen. Amen. And if anybody, listen, if, and I mean this, I'm not here to bully anybody with the word of God. If anybody has any questions or disagreements with anything I'm saying, let's talk about it. You know, there's, let's talk about it. So this is after Jesus is resurrected. It says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, which is Sunday, when the, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood, of the midst, stood in the midst and, to, and said, peace be unto you. When he had said so, he showed them his hands and his side, and they were glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, I 
even so I send you. And verse 22, it says, when he has said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. And in verse 23, it says, whoever, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever ye, whoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, this lines up with the binding and loosing. I'm holding on to the sins that people have done to me when I don't release this divine forgiveness. And the thing about trauma is, right, is that if something happened to you, and I'm not saying this lightly, but if, if, if there was some kind of a rape or some kind of a, a trauma or some kind of extreme event that happened to you, let's say in like 1992, what happens is, is you still live in the past because that thing has a way of dragging you back every single time but I believe what the Lord is calling us to do today is just to release the person that caused the pain be free hallelujah hallelujah you need to think about that person and ask the Lord to just forget their past Lord wash away their past in my mind hallelujah Hallelujah, because I don't want to carry these things. I don't want to carry these things. I don't want to be a stumbling block to my sister. I don't want to be a stumbling block to my brother. Amen. All right, let's go to another scripture. Luke 23. Back. Luke 23. In verse 34, Jesus, Jesus, I'm telling you, it all comes back to Jesus. The way I love my wife, it comes back to Jesus. The way I forgive my wife, the way I forgive my sisters and my brothers and those that have done me wrong, it all comes back to Jesus. Because in this scripture, Luke 22 and 34. And then Jesus said, for, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiments and cast lots. Now, let me give you guys a little context with this scripture. Jesus is on the cross. He is bloody. He's beat. He's scarred. And the point of crucifixion is suffocation. So they, they put a nail in your leg and your feet. So it's painful to pull yourself up to breathe. So he's so Jesus is literally using his breath to pronounce forgiveness to the people that are that he's looking down on and they're literally blaspheming him. They're literally speaking the worst things. Now, if somebody disrespects Jesus to me, because their whole thing was, as Jesus is a blasphemer, he's disrespecting God, so he's getting what he deserves. Now, if somebody disrespects my God, in, in whatever way that may be, I feel like I, I, I can just take it on the chin. I feel like, you know what, it's okay. And if that person that blasphemed my God, if they had got hit by a car or if they got shot and I saw them laying there bleeding and dying, I would do everything in my power to help that person. And 
These men are literally mocking Jesus, watching him suffer, watching him bleed. And this was a ground. This was grounds for Jesus to be completely bitter and angry and send fire down from heaven and just completely annihilate these people. But the power in this is he did not want to die with something in his spirit. He did not want to die with unforgiveness in his spirit. So Jesus spoke and said, Father, forgive them because they don't understand what they're doing. Another thing about forgiveness, and the Lord just reminded me about this, is somebody is sitting around and waiting for an apology from somebody. And you have to, you have to be okay with the fact, the other side of forgiveness is being okay with the fact that that person may never come to you and apologize for the wrong that they've done. Sister Dawn, perfect example, you know, your son, your son got murdered, you know? There was no remorse in the whole thing, you know, nobody came forward, but there's a forgiveness that's flowing from you. There is a forgiveness that's flowing from you. So I'm done. Let's stand. Let's stand. And I feel as though husbands and wives need to pray together. Sisters and brothers need to just lock hands. And if you, if you feel it from the Lord, because I know nowadays you can't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I forgive you for doing me wrong. <laughs> no, I just, that, doesn't, that doesn't land well. Um, but I just feel as though as there needs to be a forgiveness and a forgetfulness that flows from us. Not because the person deserves it. Not because the person earned it but because of what Jesus did for me. I can only give it because he gave it to me. Hallelujah. So let's pray. And as we pray genuinely, as we forgive genuinely, what's going to happen in this place is burdens are going to begin to get lifted. People are going to begin to become free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for dying for us. We thank you for washing us, God. We thank you for purging us. Hallelujah. But God, right now, we pray, Lord, for those who have hurt us, Lord Jesus. God, right now, we forgive them, Lord God. And God, I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord. Hallelujah. That you would cause us to forget the pain, Lord Jesus. That we could loose those, per those people, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, so that we can move on in victory, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, if they never, if they never say sorry, Lord God, they are forgiven because of what you've done 
in our lives, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus, we pray for those people right now. We pray that your blood would wash them. Lord, I pray for husbands and wives, Lord Jesus, that they would forgive each other, Lord God. Hallelujah. I pray for mothers and daughters, Lord God, that they would forgive and that they would forget, God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I pray for sisters and brothers, Lord God, that we would forget the wrong that was done to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. And God, I'm asking right now that you would give us the strength to forgive ourselves, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Cause us to forget everything that's under the blood. Hallelujah. 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 Church, let's pray. Find a place to pray. And if the Lord drops somebody in your mind, why don't you just say, ah, Lord, I forgive them and I forget what they've done. Hallelujah. These altars are open. Hallelujah.